so glad to have a special guest with us, Mr. Jay Alive. If you guys have not heard of him before, this is going to be a great introduction to get to know who he is. Entering a world where everything seems to be falling apart, Jay Alive came onto the rap scene looking to become the final piece to the music industry puzzle. Ever since his single, All I Need in 2017, and first hit Bad Blood in 2018, Jay Alive has consistently produced music for others for years and counting in order to achieve his lifelong goal. Jay Alive has been on a mission to achieve what's desired and destined. He's become one of the biggest artists of our generation. And I think like that's what I love about new artists that he has such a strong sense of knowing who he is. He's been influenced by artists like Mac Miller, Logic, who I really love Logic, and other um, late great artists combined with today's lyrics, rhythm, and production. JLI produces not only a catchy but impactful sound that appeals to the masses. And we're just so glad to have you here with us. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm just so glad to have you on here because it's great to talk to artists that I know have a great influence. And I know you've been working on a lot of new stuff as well, which we'll talk about at the end. But I want to dive deep into some quick, fun questions. And then I'm going to kind of let you expand upon what you're doing now, if that's okay. Sounds perfect. All right. So Jay Alive, the first one I'm going to talk about is riding through the city. Is there one city that you're dying to travel mm-hmm. to or tour in the future? And if you only had $500 to spend in that city, what would you buy? Ooh. Okay. So I think my, my like number one stop that I would absolutely just love to do would be New York City. I, I would love to go there on a tour. Uh, whenever I go there, just like as a trip, it's always some of the most fun I ever have. And it's nothing ever planned. It's kind of just random. So it'd be cool to kind of go back with that different perspective of like, oh, I'm there to perform. And then kind of just see what opportunities are opened up, you know, because of being there to perform. And then oh, what I'd buy. This sounds like really, really corny, but I've never had like a proper like New York deli sandwich. Like I've never gone to like one of those like hole in the wall looking places. And so I honestly would probably everyone that's on tour with me, I'd probably go there and like, you know, have the full experience and kind of try everything with everyone. So kind of like just kind of order everything that they have, at least one of everything. And then like have everyone like taste it all. I don't know. (laughs) I'm a foodie. So that kind of like appeals to me. Man, you stole the word right out of my head. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie as well. Everybody who knows that. I'm a big desserts person. So I actually um, wrote a cookbook about a couple of years ago. And it's this dessert that I make that has butterscotch, pecan, and coconut. It tastes like an almond joy. It's so good. So I'm a big dessert person. So I would definitely go to Junior's Cheesecake and just like eat every cheesecake they have. <laughs> <laughs> would you say cheesecake's your favorite dessert? It's one of my favorites. My favorite is hummingbird cake. Hummingbird cake is. I've never had that. What is oh, that? Oh Lord, I'm gonna let you look. I'm gonna let you look <laughs> it up because see, I'm I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm gonna get into action and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but look up hummingbird cake. It's one of the best cakes I've had. Of course, I like carrot cake and I love. 
Um, I love red velvet too, but definitely hummingbirds number one, cheesecake is definitely a close second and third. Um, red velvet's my go-to for like cake. That's like uh, on our birthdays in my family. That's like a tradition way. We have this old recipe like that's just been passed down through my dad's side of the family. And we just make that specific recipe of red velvet cake. And I might be a little biased here, but like nothing, like no other red velvet cake like stacks up to it. Like, I swear. See, <laughs> so you, you're not playing right, Jay. You're not playing good today. Because see, you're not going to mail me any, any of it. I don't get the <laughs> recipe. Y'all see how he's doing me on the show, you guys. He's talking about the best red velvet cake, and we can't even eat it. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little bit of a tease. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, I kind of did the same thing talking about my cookies, and I haven't given you the recipe. So I, I... That's true. I guess we're even. I guess we're even. We got to be even. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to go to our next question. Ride the wave. How have mm-hmm. you been able to manage your success thus far in your career? And can you tell us what's been one of the biggest misconceptions about people who are in this music career? So, you know, with when it comes to like managing like success, the 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 truth is like there hasn't been like like a crazy amount, like, yeah, there's been some crazy moments and some crazy opportunities and things like that, that like on the outside look really cool. But then like when you've been doing it for a while, it's, it's sort of like, I've had the mindset of like, this is just the start, you know? So like, just try to stay humble really about everything. Um, Like who I've worked with and all that kind of stuff, just kind of keep it like under wraps and not really, you know, let it go to my head and just kind of keep, in my mind, I kind of go in with the, I'm just going to keep making music that I vibe with and that I truly enjoy and whatever happens happens. And, you know, when something cool does happen, like, like, for example, like when you reached out to me to do an interview, I never thought that I would be doing interviews. So like, you know, I know some people would be like, Oh, that's like some big flex thing, but like, it's just like, okay, the cool, they're like, this is a cool opportunity. And just kind of, you know, stay level headed about it all. And sort of realize that like, you know, every kind of step is like a piece in the overall big puzzle. And so like, you wouldn't celebrate finishing a puzzle when you only have like 15 pieces connected out of a thousand, you know? So it's sort of just, okay, cool. Now what's the next thing, you know? And just kind of going with that mindset of like, what can you always do? Which I kind of fall in the trap of, I don't really celebrate like the the accomplishments. Like we'll hit a, like an awesome milestone um like so for example like our last uh little project that we had um that we dropped uh towards the end of last year um the goal for that project was i think it was like 200 something thousand streams uh and we broke that goal really quickly and you know people wanted to celebrate that they were like yeah like we hit that milestone i was like but that but that's only 200,000 like okay so like the next one and how do we like how do we get to that next milestone <laughs> yeah it makes sense i mean i love that you said that because when we talk about just careers in general it's it's all relative as to what success looks like and um i did an interview yesterday and i think one thing that really stood out to me was my guest had mentioned just about someone being emotionally attached to his music and like if someone cries or someone reacts to it like that to me is a form of success like someone completely connected playing it in, in your car for the first time maybe you hear it on the radio or maybe your family members giving you constructive feedback 
that can be a form of success. If you've been working really hard on whatever craft that you're working on and someone gives you honest feedback. And then, like you said, the numbers will speak for themselves. Like, I think that's amazing, but it's like, hey, why not 2 million? Like, there's no reason that we have to stop at just this number. Right. I think that's great. Right. And it's like, so my whole, one of my big philosophies with, with making music in general is um, I, I, I've always kind of like been around music like my whole life. And I didn't decide to start making it until uh, I kind of went through a rough patch. Uh, and there was just, you know, like Mac Miller, his music just helped me through it all so much that it had such a big impact on me and just made me feel, you know, like I wasn't alone because like, you know, the topics of the songs, like some of them were like kind of deep and dark and like talking about like his issues, and like what he's going through. And it's like, wow, I'm going through some, some of that stuff too. Like I relate to that. And then, so I started trying to make like the first couple songs I started to make, it really like got ingrained in my head. Like I need to make music, not, you know, for what a lot of people want to make music for, like money or fame or all that. Like, I want to make it and I will be totally content if it just connects with at least a couple people, like a couple people I can be there for through my music and they don't feel alone anymore, just like Mac Miller did for me. I love that. I love Mac Miller. And I was just actually talking about him with another interview um, with B. Martin who's a rapper. And when I talked with him and he just mentioned about, you know, he didn't have the opportunity to really like have in-depth conversations with him, but just being asked to be on tour with him and to open up for him. I mean, it's just one of those things where he made such a huge influence on so many people, not just rappers, but just people in, in life. And I love that you said Logic, which Logic is one of my favorite um, rappers. When I think of the song he wrote for talking about suicide, mm -hmm. um, I think it was great. And then seeing him, I think it was the MTV Awards, if I'm not mistaken. It was Khalid and Alessia Carr singing with him, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, are you talking about the performance where he brought all those people out on stage? Yes, yes. That was incredible. Like, that was like, you get goosebumps like watching that. Like, I remember the first time I was like, what is happening? This is wild. Like, he just really, you know, and had like such a diverse group of people you know, with those shirts on, mm -hmm. I like that. His whole message, Logic's message, is just absolutely beautiful. The peace, love, and positivity. Like, it, is that too much to ask for? You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's it's beautiful. It was. I mean, I I started to cry actually when I watched it back because there was a lady that was standing up there crying. And I just, you know, with my profession being a counselor, it's just so hard mm -hmm. to when you see someone falling apart and just knowing that their story is being told and and they just didn't even, he's actually speaking life into their their story. I know that was probably overwhelming for her, but just for him, I mean, in his speech, I love when he talks at the end, like he'll just go into an actual eloquent speech where you're like, wow, this guy not only is a great rapper, but he has an, an amazing message and he says it in such a way where you're fully connected. Exactly. He, 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 he's a genius in my eyes. Like he is just, you know, his head's on straight. Like that dude has had so much success, but his head's still on straight. You know, Absolutely. that's the most important. And that's part. where you're going to be. You're going to be the same way very soon. We're going to be like, I remember <laughs> when I talked to Jay live before he made it to this point, And I feel like you're, you're definitely close to that point. It's just the right following the right people getting, to know who you are, I think you're going to definitely be in the same same wavelength as him for sure. 
Thank you. And I, I w- ironically was listening to him. He's like my pump up. Like I, I play him like before I do things. Cause like he was a big inspiration for me. So like for you to say that, like that means a lot to me. So thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. All right. You ready for our next question? Oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. So no disguise. Is there one person mm-hmm. in your life that you can show your true authentic self with and feel safe and secure? And if you do have that person, do you mind telling us who it is? Yeah, so I actually have a couple people. I, I'm, you know, I'm one of those lucky ones that I can I can truly say I've I've got a couple of those. Um, actually, um, you know, very rare to come by those people where you can just truly be your authentic self. And I, I've kind of cut my circle a little a little small uh, over the past couple of years because I I realized like I. The, to go in with the song, you know, there's no more disguise. Like I'm not going to be putting on that mask for other people anymore. It's going to be, I'm going to be me. And like, if you buy with me, great. If not, well, you don't like, let's not force it. You know, I don't want to water dead plants. Um, and so the main one for me is my, is my main boy, Nate. He, he's actually the one I make the music with and, and riding through the city. He's actually the one that's singing the hook. So that's like a cool spin on things. So it's always been, me on the mic and we were just kind of sitting and talking about the concept of riding through the city. And like you've listened to, uh, to my old stuff. So like you, you know that like from the snippets I've posted to run through the city, it's a very different vibe. It's a very, yeah, very different vibe, but like, that's who I am as an artist because the other songs before, you know, they weren't, I wouldn't say jammed down my throat, but like our producer, it was his way of the highway so that we that was really his vision of it but since then you know we've we've moved on and we, we've we've got a new team uh built that from the ground up this past year and we've just kind of been diving into it and so with Nate I've always been able to just be my true self around and he knew that what we were making wasn't wasn't me like it just wasn't fully me so talking through this concept with him for riding through the city, mm-hmm. we just kind of, it, we were messing around. It was like two in the morning. And um, I, I talked to our, our business manager and he kind of, you know, suggested because we were at that crossroads um, of like what to do next. And so he was just like, you know what, you're going to be the one that's stuck performing these songs for years. So make something that you like you, Jack, not J-Live, but you, Jack, like. And so that just kind of stuck with me. And so Austin, uh, he he's another one of those people that I can just truly be myself around. And he'll and the main reason for it is because he always tell me straight. Like he doesn't, he's not one of those. And that's the main thing for me. It's like someone needs to tell me straight. Like if I'm doing something that sounds bad, please tell me it sounds bad. Don't let me like keep chasing that if like that's not it, you know? Um, but so with riding through the city, it started out kind of like a joke, like a little bit of a joke, um, because it was so different when we were working on a totally different project. So, you know, put on the beat that I got and it, w- it was the beat for that song. And I had, I'd kind of looked at it a little bit and I had kind of written part of the hook, which was we're riding through the city, we're riding through the city, but it was just that repeated. Um, it's like kind of boring. And so then Nate luckily 
so we're playing the beat and I decided to sing the hook from the first time on the first time the hook goes in. And then by the time the second hook came on, he started singing it back to me, but he added on to it. He made the hook what it was like what it is today. And I, I, he doesn't usually sing on the songs. And so the way he sung it, I was like, you, like you're singing that, like you're doing that. So then, you know, just had fun I think we worked until about three or four in the morning and finished the entire song in just one sitting. So that Nate is probably the person that I can be just mostly myself, you know, like just unapologetically myself. (laughs) I I love that Jay. I mean, I feel, feel like that's one of the hardest things when you don't have a genuine friendship or connection in in the music industry that is a doggy dog world you need to definitely have people who can support you through Mm -hmm. it and it kind of goes into the next question which was your song liar and i think you may have answered that one already um maybe one of your biggest pet peeves can be someone not being authentic and honest with you i think can be a big one is there any other um pet peeves that you have yeah i got a i got a couple Uh pet peeves Uh oh Uh oh yeah uh oh I'm one of those people too that like if someone uh, hits my pet peeves like specifically like I I try my hardest man I do but like I, there's just some things I just can't get over like I just I just can't uh, I just can't move past it and one of them ironically with the song title is a liar like I can't I can't personally like trust again so that I'm kind of you know I kind of like all right I'm gonna cycle you out kind of thing like you know like I'm kind of done. Um, so lying's a big pet peeve. Uh, the next pet peeve I got, I got, which you already said, and I kind of said in the last question, was people not being straight up with you, which kind of has to go into the whole honesty thing. So I guess all of my pet peeves are kind of honesty related. But, you know, just people need to just be genuine. Like, as soon as I start to know someone is, like, not being straight up with me, it's really, really hard. And I'm sure like you understand this too. Like it's super, super hard to, you know, move past that because like they might give you the best compliment in the world and they might truly mean it that time. But because of like the past times where they weren't straight up with you, it just doesn't feel like it was genuine. Like it didn't feel like they meant it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I can kind of maybe help you on that. Um, one thing I've done, which helps me is that when I do, either forgive someone or let go of it. I have to also let go of what I thought of that individual in that moment and be able to see a new renewed version of that person. So I'll give you an example. Of course, there are people who struggle with addiction and it can be really difficult when you're in an addiction to be completely honest and authentic because of course that person is trying to figure out, do they have an issue themselves or are they willing to admit that they're powerless and their life is unmanageable. So for sometimes, for it depends on the circumstance, there may be someone who had to lie in order to, to save themselves and their, their own addiction, but then when they realized they wanted recovery and they were able to do something different, they, they were able to be authentic. And also, I always say I try to give people grace, and I mention that on a lot of the podcasts, because, you know, if you're going through traumatic situations in your life, sometimes you've had to lie. Like, that's the way that you've survived through abuse, through, you know, so it depends on the circumstance um, that I can definitely give grace to an individual. It's not about giving them a second chance. It's about allowing them to have a first chance to get to know their new self. Now, there are some people who that's just who they are. And I mean, that's what goes back to if you're able to read the room and get to know someone, 
I always tell people before you date someone, you really need to get to know their family, get to know their experiences. Because you you <laughs> jump head first into something thinking, yeah. oh, this all looks great. And then next thing you know, like, oh, then all the red flags start to happen. So um, I think it's important to look for the green flags, which means that <laughs> there's a lot of good things about people that we just don't normally look into. We're normally looking at the list of what's wrong or what it reminds us of from the past. And so that might be one tip for you of just, I'm not saying you have to trust fully, but I think it's more of that if I see something that's off, then maybe just sitting with someone and let them talk. And normally people talk their way in and out of a lot of situations and you'll be able to then decipher if this is something I want to build or if this is just an associate that I have to, to deal with, but I can still respect that's who they are at that time. So it's kind of like hitting reset and just kind of reevaluating. Yes, it's very similar to hitting reset, but then when you hit reset, you don't go back to in your mind everything that went wrong before. Because <laughs> I mean, we all know if we go back to where we were ten or fifteen years ago and the choices we made, we were like, "Oh, <laughs> it's it, it's terrifying." It is. <laughs> I know. I don't want to go back to fifteen years ago. I I want to avoid that. I want to. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> So it's kind of funny because it goes into my next question, which is your song, That's Me. So Mm -hmm. if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, you get to choose whatever age that you will like, what would you tell young Jack? Well, if I I could go back in time, I would, you know, I wouldn't go back like terribly far. I would go back to, um, oh, it's one piece of advice. Okay, hold on. Okay, so I'd go back to um, probably like three, three or four years ago, I think it was, uh, when I signed my first like label deal. And I would tell myself, you know, it's okay to say no. (laughs) I would tell myself, you know, uh, and it's kind of funny because I do like on my TikTok, I make a lot of videos kind of, you know, saying tips for for new artists to kind of you know help correct like some of the mistakes that i made and and my big thing and why like my like that would be my specific answer is you know at the end of the day this is your dream this isn't you know your managers this isn't your boys this isn't you know anybody else this is yours so like you're gonna have to hurt some feelings sometimes and that's saying no um, to certain things like for like the label for example that was probably the biggest mistake I've ever made um that, that was that was that was a terrible experience that was like a that was like a you almost just quit the industry entirely kind of experience um just terrible um but that you know in that time I consistently would just say yes you know I didn't know any better I've I've kind of started to learn more recently sort of what's up and so looking back i used to say yes way too much like someone would reach out to me out of the blue and it didn't matter what they were selling me or what they were pushing or what they wanted from me i just said yes and then did it and you know looking back those were some of the dumbest and worst decisions i've ever made so if i could go back and give young jack one piece of advice it would be it's okay to say no I love that. And you know, my statement, a lot of people who are listening, who know me, I always say no, is a complete sentence. And you don't have mm-hmm. to give a dissertation or explanation of why you said no, it's just no. 
And I'm a very firm person today with that, you know, because there's many times I've overextended myself too in like five different directions. And for my good friends, they know they're like, man, you're working way too much. And I always tell people that I know how to compartmentalize certain things pretty well. But if I feel my body start to react in a different way, then it's like, oh, yeah, I think I might be doing a little bit too much right now. And then I have to soul search and make changes. But I think the hardest thing is, is that some for some people, it's about disappointing others that you don't want to be a disappointment. And then also you just can be a go-getter and you just want to be as enthusiastic about whatever you're doing to help yourself and someone else. And sometimes we get into that tunnel vision and that can be scary, especially when is when we talk about music or the arts is because you have a limited window. It's very similar. It's like models. I've interviewed some models before and they've kind of talked about that as well. Like people start off almost at 14, 15 years old, 13 years old, and their career can end before they're 21 because there's something that you're, they're looking for. And music is pretty much the same. Like you have so many young artists, you know, there's only a few that are still around that started at a very young age that are still successful. But there's always someone new that's coming up. There's, there's so many avenues now, like TikTok. Um, you know, we have Instagram. There's so many ways that you can just become famous overnight. Um, and then that can be hard for people like you who are putting time and money and so much energy in and someone makes a funny joke or something and it gets 30 million streams or whatever or, or views. And you're like, wow, like, why is this popular? And what I'm doing isn't. And it can be very demoralizing for others, which can cause people to really go into that. I need to work more or start trying to just make quick cash. And so um, I hate when you went through that in your contract or your music career, because there right. are a lot of people who've gone through that. I always go back to um, TLC. I remember watching that on, I think it was Behind the Music, I believe, on VH1 years ago. And they had talked about um, how they weren't making any money from their records and and pretty much they kind of got screwed out of their their money, you know, because of having a manager. And like I said, I wasn't there. I don't know the whole legal parts of that, but I just can only imagine how hard they had to be in their heads of you know, man, I did all this hard work and this is all I profited. But if you don't read your contracts or if you really aren't, or you're unaware of what really goes into the making you a star or whatever they can feed you, um, you can definitely get stuck for a lifetime or um, like Anita Baker, as an example, Taylor Swift trying to buy back their, their royalties or getting back to a certain, like, I think Anita Baker was over 20 years. I believe she had to wait Mm-hmm. Um, for her to get it back. And I'm like, wow, you would never know Jeez. The, the ins and outs of that. But, you know, it happens all the time. And especially when you do finally get it, like what like most people don't realize about the music industry on the surface is, you know, not all the money goes to you. Like it's, you know, label X percent, manager X percent, producer X percent, writers X percent. Like, you know, you're, you're splitting, you're splitting the pot, (laughs) you know, it's so it's kind of like a misconception that like, Oh, you got signed. Oh, you made it. You got signed, but it's really that when you get to go back in and you get to renegotiate your deal, that's when you make it like that's cause then it's your terms, not just the labels. But at first, like those new artists that are popping up all over the place, those first contracts, they're very label focused. It's not the artist focused. And so that was kind of my issue with my first contract was it's very label focused. I kind of got kind of got screwed. Um, 
there's a there's luckily there's a loophole um where i could i could get out of the contract but like you know like a year into it you know so like that was a whole year setback and just a mess there's a lot that goes in the behind the scenes and on just here's a free tip for all new artists get get a lawyer before you sign anything get a lawyer to look at it and a lawyer you can trust yeah. you guys because sometimes there are lawyers out there who are working either with companies or they know that you don't understand i've seen so many nba and nfl players who have just signed away all of their money to sports agents or to attorneys and and it's just like wow they didn't even fully understand because all it takes is one word that you can maneuver in a contract and it will completely change the meaning of the whole contract and you really need to to read i'm, I'm always a person that likes to research and when i was younger i used to read encyclopedia and read a lot of things that was my punishment i had to read and so it just <laughs> it helped me to kind of learn like i, I want to know everything that i need to know before doing something and then also copywriting your stuff you guys making sure that you you get everything copyrighted because yep. someone will say oh that's a cool idea let me go check into that and then they'll steal your concept and you know that's it for everything so just being aware of it and it's going to be so vital but also knowing what your worth is and, and being productive for sure mm-hmm. what's like kind of off topic here but like my last contract i was offered it wasn't for like a, a label or anything but it was just a sync license right and so you know for those for those that don't know a sync license is where your song you sell the rights to your song not fully but like you pretty much sell permissions for you know a tv show a movie or like a video game or something like that or a commercial to use your song in and beautiful the contract was beautiful on the surface like it was like oh wow like this is good. like this is good but then you read the, the some of that fine print and so like i asked I asked our lawyer, I was like, what, what does that mean? Like, what, like, what does that little phrase mean? Well, I don't remember what the phrase specifically said in the contract, but I remember what it translated to. So it translated to essentially, if I sign that contract, not only do I, do I give them permission to use it, but for the duration of that contract, they have master control. And they can basically tell me what I can and cannot put my song in because it might affect the deal. Which, you know, but oh, wow. you look at a sync deal and you're like, hold up, how did that's more control than a label really has or to the, the same effect that a label has, you know? So it's like, hold on, <laughs> that's not right. That doesn't look right. You just, you're supposed to just get the permissions, not, oh, well, you can't put it here. Or like, so for example, Riding Through the City, they wanted to use Riding Through the City for stuff. But the catch was the music video that I went out to Los Angeles and shot it could not go up on the Vivo page we just got because they wouldn't allow that. And I was like, Oh, I was like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not signing that. And I keep getting, wow. actually keep emailing me. I think like once a week, like, Hey, you still need to sign this. Like, are you still interested? And I'm like, mm-mm, 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 Nope. <laughs> that's weird. And that's another thing. Another tip. If someone is pressuring you so much into something, it has to be a catch to it. Because you want to be able to think, it's like when you go buy a car, it's the same thing. You, you shouldn't buy it on your first go around. Like you make them think and then you come back, mm-hmm. you know? Right. It should be like your fifth time seeing that car when you decide to buy it. And it's the same thing with music, especially nowadays because people on Instagram are, are, are getting more clever on how to scam people. 
they're they're offering you these deals that sound too good to be true and i'll just be the first one to say it well actually i'm definitely not the first one to say it those too good to be true kind of deals well they're too good to be true like they're not real the real services that actually do good promotion don't reach out to people to get them to buy something they're the services that people seek out so they don't need to go to you so First rule of thumb, if someone DMs you on Instagram trying to sell you X amount of Spotify plays, and if they say they can guarantee and it's a cold DM, they don't follow you, they don't anything, that's a scam. Don't do that. I'm just going to save you a lot of money because I've fallen for that a lot of times. Don't do it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing that as well. I mean... I've had people reach out to me now that the show is is getting a little bit more popular and I'm talking to you like, oh, I can do this for you. I'm like, I'm good. Like, I would rather have only Mm -hmm. 500 people follow me on Instagram and still being successful in helping people than for me to have 5 million followers. And then I'm doing something I don't love and I feel obligated to it. And then I feel like I'm not being myself. So I I totally 100% agree with you. Being yourself is so important. extremely important it's extremely important and to kind of build off what you just said there like one of one of the things i really like that you know when you when you say this to like a labor or something they don't like it too much but you know i'd rather have like 50 to 100 like i'd rather have 50 to 100 diehard loyal fans than a million unloyal fans you know i'd rather have that small group than that lot like i'd rather have quality over quantity you know like i'd rather have those that small group of super loyal fans that, you know, I could do little pop-up shows and see them and it could be like a great time for for everyone there rather than, you know, a bunch of people who don't care. That's true. That's so true. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jay, I got two more questions for you. All right. All right. So the first one is if you could perform with any top 40 artists. So since you said kind of performing a minute ago, I think it kind of ties into that one. Um, that's perfect. <laughs> Who would you choose and what type of experience do you think you would have with that artist? Hmm. You know, I, I, this answer changes depending on the day. Um, it really does. Um, I, I, one that is consistent though for me is always the Kid Leroy. I would absolutely love to do a show with the Kid Leroy. I think that would just be absolutely incredible. I think the vibes, especially for like the new songs that we have coming out, they're very similar. They're like that poppy kind of rap. And I feel like that could build onto each other. Well, like, I feel like that would stack up and, you know, bring in a, a, a good kind of crowd, you know, good vibes all around, you know, people just singing the songs along. Um, You know, yeah, the Kid Leroy would have to be my answer for that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. For me, if it, if I was touring, there's a few people I really love. Of course, Tori Keller would be my number one artist. I know she's not in the top 40, but I love her as an artist. But I think Ed Sheeran would be someone I would love to like be on stage with. Because just seeing him rap and seeing him sing and seeing him play the guitar. Like, that guy is just so... He's such a musically inclined artist, but he's a person that that you would just think like run of the mill. Like if you just saw him in the street, you'd be like, 
Is that it? Like, you wouldn't know, like, if, like, Beyonce walked into, you would know Beyonce's right. walking into the store. Oh, you know Beyonce's there. <laughs> like, there's no question. <laughs> but, like, Ed Sheeran, he's just, like, unassuming, but just an amazing artist. He, he's like a phoenix that rises. Like, when he's on the stage, it's like, wow. Like, I've seen him online so many times in different concerts. And I've always wanted to see him in person. One of them I wanted to pay to, to see. The ticket sold out so fast. I was like, man, I was going to drive to go see him. Because I just, I love Ed Sheeran. I mean, so. His shows sell out in seconds. It's like as soon as he puts up a post, like, oh, tickets are available, they're gone. I've wanted to go to one of his shows too. And it, the same the same issue happened. They were sold out when I went to buy him. And I like went to buy him like 15 minutes after they were announced. And I was like, what? what? Yeah. I mean, Adele is another one. I had my money ready for Adele. And like in two minutes, it was gone. Mm. I was like, two minutes? Come on now. Like, are you talking about? Are you talking about the tour that she just had to postpone? No, the one that she had done, um, the last tour before that one, when she had taken the hiatus, you know, in between, it was the one she did before that one. Okay. And um, I can't remember which tour that was, but whichever one it was, they were performing in Texas, which is not too far from me. And I was like, man, I'm going. And I remember my coworkers, we all all got on our phones because we were going to order at the same time, and all of us were blocked. You know, me and we couldn't get it because they were all sold. And what happens, people were buying them and then trying to resell them. And it... Mm-hmm, the people with the bots. Oh, I was mad. I was like... Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here, you could get it for 300 if you're fast enough. But then guess what? Oh, no, you can still get it for like 800 Like, they just... It's like, what? Come on. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's and bad. that's what... I love this about my show is that when I created the second show, Space Between it gives a free concert. So that's a way for y'all to be able to perform. And then also for our listeners who may not be able to afford to go to a concert that they can still hear you at least for now. So that's why when I thought of the second podcast, I was like, how can I connect the artists with the fans and then maybe create a new following for you guys? And I think that that is just such a, a niche that we feel like could really become a big thing. I don't know of any podcasts that are really just doing just live singing and like behind the scenes stuff. And I would hope that I can start something where we'll start seeing more of it, um, similar to like an Instagram live or something that where people can, you know, chime in and listen. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to have you back for sure to, to perform because we want to hear you for sure. Oh, I would love to do that. You already know I'd love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I got one more question for you, Jay. Absolutely. Okay. So the last one is where can our listeners find you online and what's next for you? So the listeners can find me on uh, Instagram uh, and TikTok. So Instagram handles at JLive underscore official. And the TikTok, I think it's just at J underscore live. I think I kept it really short on TikTok. Um, the stream, the music, it's all under JLive on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon, SoundCloud, anywhere you can listen to music. It's just JLive. And then in addition to all those sites, we just got our official Vivo page. So that'll be out like officially for everyone on February 25th when Riding Through the City drops. Uh, And that will just be JLive Vivo, all one word. Um, What's next for, for me is Riding Through the City drops on February 25th. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as, as much as I enjoyed making it and filming the video. Uh, so if you guys want to keep up to date on clips and sneak peeks for that song and that music video, 
just head on over to my Instagram. I will be posting regularly up to release. And th- um, there's a possibility that there will be a giveaway to for the release. So head on over to Instagram and check it all out. And let me know what you guys think in the comments. Well, I promise you, I'm going to be there supporting <laughs> you like I always have. I just want you to, to win. I Thank just want you, you to continue to succeed. I think you have a great spirit, great heart. And congratulations on all the new things that's coming for you. I just feel like. Thank you so much. This is going to be one of those things like five years down the line, we're going to sit back and laugh and say, I remember that day when we kind of talked and just where you are now in your career. Cause I, I feel like you're just getting close to that, that tipping point. And I think this definitely with riding through the city, I think it's going to really push you over the top. I sure hope so, man. My fingers are crossed. I, you know, I just can't, Again, to anyone that's that's listening, just thank you guys for supporting. And honestly, like I could not have done any of this without any of you. And I just can't say thank you enough for these opportunities and all the love. Well, I promise you, I will be listening to Riding Through the City while eating some red velvet cake and cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to get you that recipe. <laughs> well, I'm going to send you mine later on so you'll have mine, but I'm just so glad that you Do, you're do a little here. recipe swap? Yeah, why not? <laughs> exactly, why not? I think that's an even trade. I'm curious. You're curious. I think it's great. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, thank you so much, JLI, for being here. And let's, of course. let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, Jay, well, you have a great rest of your evening and I hope to talk to you very soon. Thank you. You as well. And we will definitely be talking soon. Okay. Have a great (laughs) evening. (laughs) Thanks. You as well. Okay. Bye. Bye.